Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm so excited for today's show. Uh, my guest today is Sheila Jaffe, and Sheila was born in Manhattan and grew up in the Bronx. At 11 years of age, she found out that she was adopted. Today, she's mm-hmm. an Emmy-winning casting director for HBO's The Sopranos and Entourage and films including The Fighter, Rocky Balboa, and Ted. Although casting is her profession, Sheila's passion is helping children. As she sees it, the Felix organization is like her child and waiting for Felix to grow in its reach to help those children, those children and has been an inc- I can't even talk today, has been an indescribable <laughs> blessing. Goodness. Sheila currently sits on the board of the Mark Wahlberg Youth Foundation and the advisory board of the Savannah Film Festival. In 2013, she was honored at the Children's Right Gala for her work with children in foster care. Uh, welcome, Sheila. Evidently, I can't talk today. Something is, I got my... <laughs> Well, it is Friday the 13th, so there you it go. It is, yes. Um, and it's actually my youngest son's birthday, so I, I actually gave birth. Luckily, it wasn't on a Friday the 13th, though. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. I think he probably loves it. But, um, well, thanks for coming on. And, you know, my pleasure. Um, my pleasure. I, I'm sure everyone has, has seen um, the dance this way out on Facebook or, or, you know, through advertising. But,. You know, I wondered if you'd want to tell us a little bit about your story before we kind of got into that and, you know, yeah, what kind of led of all, you to I, get I, to the point. I, I want to thank you for all the work you're doing for opening the records and how important um, I think we all uh, adoptees feel about that, but not only adoptees, just everybody should feel that it is important. It's ridiculous that we're denied some basic information that everybody else in this country has. So I right. applaud you for that. Uh-huh. And I know it's an arduous task. I mean, I did find out I was adopted at 11. And um, when I was 13, you know, I knew I was born in Manhattan. I knew the name of the hospital. And at 13 years old, I kind of mustered my courage to go to the hospital that I was born uh-huh. in. And um, I had a girlfriend go with me. And back in those days, you dressed up to go to the city from the Bronx, so I made her sure. all dressed up. We uh-huh. got on the train, and we went to the hospital, and I walked into the administration at the hospital and um, said, you know, I, I'm here to get my birth certificate, never thinking that they would say, you can't sure. have it. And yeah. at 13 years old, it was quite a shock when the lady, like, looked at me and was like, well, uh, you, you we don't have, you can't have that. You can't have, I said, but I was born here. So my records are here. So I would like right. you know, to know right. the name of the lady that gave birth to me, my birth mother. And I'd like to know what time I was born, how much I uh-huh. weighed, um, right. you know, what was my name. And she just said, well, honey, those records are sealed. And it was the first time I ever heard that word. And I didn't know, I, I honestly, I, I didn't know what to make of it. I was just blindsided, devastated, in shock right. that I right. couldn't get what my friends had. They all had this birth certificate piece of paper, sure. and I couldn't get it. And I kind of buried that, honestly, that, that memory until years later. The friend who went with me said, I remember when you made me go with you. And you could hardly speak afterwards because you just right. didn't expect to be told, no, you can't have that. I know, I know. 
Well, and I wonder how many of us have done something similar to that. You know, I did it when I was 18. I went to, when I went off to college. And, you know, I wonder if we all kind of have that story. Those of us who are, I think, a little, now I don't know what the word is. I don't know whether we've got gumption or what it is. But, you know, there's a group of us at that younger age tried it. And then there's another set of us that wait a little while, which, you know, hey, it is what it is. But, you know, some of us just want to do it earlier. And uh, I wonder, you know, yeah. Go ahead. No, that's all right. You go ahead. (laughs) Well, I think some of us wait because I think we have a lot of guilt and we don't want to hurt our adoptive parents. Um, And I don't know if any adoptive parents are listening, but I will promise you, if you have any hesitation, any fear, the world is different now. People aren't that guarded about it anymore. But if you do have any fears, letting us go on our journey and our search and finding out our truth, our story, that's our story, you know, it it only makes us love you more. I mean, for me, I I searched and, and stopped and started I was a private adoption, so it was very difficult to find anything because everybody had died. The papers were dead with them. You know, nobody knew anything. But the first thing after I found out, you know, my birth name and that I had this, like, it's almost like you have a shadow self. You know what I mean? It's like you had another name. That's so weird. Like you're born with one name and, like, how many of us have another name you know what I mean right. so it's almost like you're like split in half but my yeah, first thought yeah, after true. that after that wears off was like I love my parents my parents mm-hmm. are who raised me that's my parents but I right. also have to thank the parents that gave me life because right. if you take either one of them out of the equation I wouldn't be me Sure, sure. Like one can't exist without the other. I, 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 so if any adoptive parents, because I know sometimes in the work I've done and, you know, with kids and with adoptees and, and just having support group meetings and stuff, you know, a lot of us have fears about hurting our adoptive parents. And, and I just want the adoptive parents to know there's nobody we love more. So let us go do our little, you know, you know, looking around and finding out what our story is and bring it right, to the right. table and, and share it with everyone. And it's, it's a, it really should be a joyous thing. I mean, it's not keeping it a secret makes it feel like, oh, something's wrong. Right, right. It's, it's like shameful. We're, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, we're we're some shameful, you know, child that should be kept a secret, you know. Yes, I think and, a and lot the person of... that gave birth to us should be kept a secret. And, you know, right. I mean, even now the father's kept a secret. I mean, I, I, so many adoptees I know have only ever found the birth mother, and if the birth mother doesn't know who the father is or doesn't want to mm-hmm. say. And, and, and I know people say, you know, well, it could have been a terrible situation. It could have been a rape. It could have been. It doesn't matter. It's still your story. You're here because. Right. Uh, somebody right. carried you for nine months. However that happened, that's your story. Yep, I agree. I know. I, I get a lot of, um, there's a, a CI here in Indiana, and um, I get pushback from her. She actually um, will bring that up to me. And, um, you know, you know, I say to her, listen, this is our story, first of all, regardless, you know, when, where, and how. I mean, that's a whole other thing. And two, with DNA now, 
good luck, you know, good luck just keeping it the way it is because this right. DNA is pulling it wide open, which it still doesn't give us our, you know, original birth certificate. But, listen, nothing's going to be a secret. I mean, nothing no, already is. Nothing's no, nothing's a secret. And you're better right. off knowing, especially DNA, you bring up medical history, you know, predisposition to certain illnesses or anything, whether it's alcoholism, cancer, you know, hemophilia, anything. There's so many things. I remember in school learning about recessive genes and, and male-dominant genes, and I remember, you know, thinking, like, uh, like I don't even know, like, blue eyes. It comes like it's a recessive gene. If your grandfather had blue eyes, maybe you'll have blue eyes or male pattern right. baldness. And I never knew those things. It's always just a weird thing, like, in school, like, to not know – what all your friends were talking about when you found out about all these little things, you know. I mean, look at the show Roots. It was a huge hit. Look at all those shows. and Look at Ancestry.com. Everybody wants to know their history. They want right. to go back and find out where did I come from, where did my people come from. And this right. should never be denied us. And our birth certificate, you know, I don't know how it is in Indiana, but in New York the records have been sealed forever. And mm-hmm. they never put, and I don't know why this is, like the man's name is not on, you know, he's not on right. anything. You're not well, identifying you know, for The reason they did it in Indiana, and I, of course, you know, this is just what I've learned over time. One, leaving his name off or saying that they didn't know who he was prevented or kept them from having to put any notice in the paper, tracking him down, and getting his permission. But they've learned, obviously, that that's come back to bite them. So now they pretty much do everything they can, you know, to do that, to put the notice in so that, you know, it, it is done free and clear, which we still know well, is not Well, yeah, and way. guess what? He, so. may want, he may want to keep the child. Who knows? Sure. I believe we all have a purpose and destiny, and the fact that we were um, – placed for adoption and, and found a better, you know, it was a better situation for us in this world, hopefully. I'm sure there mm-hmm. are some stories that were not great, but, you know, it, it, there are some uh, stories with your birth family that aren't great, too. I mean, mm-hmm. but I I think that, you know, I think the man should definitely be, uh, you know, involved in it. You know, when my birth mother uh, decided to give me a better life, I don't like saying given up for adoption because when you put the word given up it's already a negative it's like oh you're a throwaway you were given up i I Mm -hmm. hate that and i always try to phrase it in a way that makes it a positive right that my birth mother had a better plan for me and decided that you know it would be i would have a better life she was not able to take care of me at the time whatever her story was but not give gave hey. me up for adoption i hate that you were given up really i don't it's use like, that I, I stopped using that it's funny a friend of mine gave me when i started doing interviews with newspapers and she said you know um when you know one of the newspaper guys when he gets there you know when the reporters here's a list give it to him then they know what to use too when they do articles so if any word i use relinquish you know which again doesn't give the best feeling but it's it's better than to me saying that I was given up, you know. Yeah. Um, I say my birth mother decided to give me a better home. I, I mean, it's right. lengthy. You have to like, you know, and it, you have to stop yourself and think about it. But mm-hmm. back in the day when, when I was adopted, 
they, the birth mother had to sign a piece of paper, and then they give them, and I think they still do, they give them 30 days to sign another one. Right. To terminate all their rights to the child. But my Mm -hmm. birth mother never did. I guess she, I never met her. I mean, I know who she is. I found her. She had passed away nine months before. Oh, my gosh. Like a pregnancy, nine months. She just nine months, and then I then she had been dead nine months, and then I found the family. I found I have a brother, and you know, and that's all great. Um, but she never signed that second piece of paper. So really, right. my my parents had lived with me being in a, a foster care, basically right. I was a ward of the state for the yeah. first five years of my life until they hired a private detective and they had to track her down and uh, prove that they couldn't find her, that she had literally abandoned me and left, you know, she just left. They never found her. And then my parents had to wait and go to court with me, and then um, the the court decided that they, you know, could legally adopt me. But I didn't go to kindergarten because I didn't have not only the – Original birth certificate, I didn't have the other, the new birth certificate. Right, the amended one, right. Yeah, right. so. Um, so did you meet so, your 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 brothers and I did, else? I met my brother, and I'm, you know, friendly with my brother, and it, it, it's nice to know him. He's, uh, you know, half-brother. I met his father, who knew about uh, me, um, mm-hmm. but he didn't know who my birth father was. He thought that she uh that I might have known, that I might have found out, because he actually asked me. I said, you right. know, she never told you? He said, no, she mm-hmm. never told me. Right. You know, she made up some story. I think it was my instinct is, you know, it was a one-night stand. She had a good time. Mm-hmm. She wanted to bury it. She forgot about it and, you know, turned the page. And I think it was very, um, from what I know, from what my brother has told me, what kind of mother she was to him, it was um, a very hard decision for her to make and something that troubled yes. her for many years. And I'm sure, I mean, I've never been in that position, but I can only imagine, right. you know. Um, well, you know, you know. Um, I, I'm glad that she told, you know, your your brother's father. And I mean, that that does, I mean, that shows that she felt, you know, comfortable with, you know, him and felt like she could confide in him and, and you know, tell her story because that's really important. I mean, not well, to yeah, because a lot of the birth mothers yeah. walk around with such guilt and shame right. and horrible feelings, and you know. But the truth is, they had us. We came through. So right. there's a reason that we're here. Right. I always find that adoptees too are usually driven. We're just driven. Oh, we're all oh driven. I don't know about yeah, We I'm all have kidding. to be successful, and we have and controlling, uh-huh. and you know. <laughs> We have right. so many I mean, similar issues. That's true. That's very true. I mean, I think um, most of my friends, I mean, just try to tell us no. I don't think that works. You yeah. know, kind of like with the law, you know, just tell me I can't have that and watch what I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, We're it, determined. We're determined. We are, sure. Yeah. And then, you know, as 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 I um started meeting new adoptees. I mean, the first one, the first significant adoptee I ever met in my life was Daryl McDaniels, right. my partner. In the right. field, and we started a charity. And from that, from meeting him, I've met so many adoptees. And it's so interesting how once you say you're adopted, because I, 
I never used to say it. Now I say it right. all the time. And I, and I and I I tell on other people if somebody's I go, "Oh, she's adopted." You know, uh-huh. what I mean? because it's like I don't want to be a secret. I don't want to be like, you know, I remember like growing up or even in any kind of situation, it's always people would whisper, "Oh, she's adopted." Uh-huh. Like it was whispered, it was said in a hushed tone. You're like, "Stop that." <laughs> It was so crazy. I was at this party once, and it was so insane. So there was this family there, and I was talking to this woman. It was this man and and wife, and they had, and they were Caucasian. And, you know, um, I I said to my friend, I'm going to tell them about my charity because they have an adopted child. And my friend said, don't say that. Right. You can't. Right. Don't, I said, how yeah. can now? Don't say it. The, ba- mm-hmm. the child is Asian, and the, the child is, and why can't you say it? What is wrong right. with it? Why is right. that? Why, why do people still have that? That drives me crazy. 2016. I, 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 that drives me crazy. Well, but, you know, it's funny because um, I, and, and not like I'm plugging. I don't mean to say it that way, but you know, I wrote a little kids book because I wanted to try and talk about you know, those feelings that you have, and no one ever gave us the the verbiage, you know, no one mm-hmm. taught us what to say, you know, and, you know, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, my mom said, well, you never told us any of this, and I thought, yes, because I did not have those words to tell you, and right. so right. It's, I actually dedicated the book, which sounds kind of vain, to myself, but not to my name now, I dedicated it to my birth name, and oh, so I like nobody that. really, well, who's, Who's Leslie Ann? They're like, who is that? And I'm like, that's oh, me. Oh, I like that. I think that's well, you great. Know, it, even if I never really, even if it just sits on the shelf, it's fine with me because, you know, I did it. And it just, it's like something you just do for yourself. And, you know, I don't think we can ever say and express what we're, what we want to because, like you said, we're always supposed to keep this hushed tone. And I made up my mind, you know, and I think like you did, once, you know, you start saying it, um, you pretty much don't stop. So I probably will never stop now. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's that's why we're here. We, we're here to help I people. I love this. You just gave me such a good idea for something. <laughs> I just love it. I love it. I, I, I actually, I think that's so great. Well, I had wanted to come out and help at the camp um, last year, and, you know, I ended up not being able to get out there. But, you know, that's one thing, you know, I wanted to tell the the kids, you know, that really for yourself. I mean, it doesn't matter what – because we all really start out as as foster children, um, even in our homes that we're eventually adopted in. It's still considered a foster home, you know, until the adoption goes through. So we all have that status for – you know, whether it's a year or it's, you know, 18 years, we at some point all are in the same spot. And yeah. we never get to say our real truth and our our real self. And, you know, one friend of mine who does a blog, she was talking about things, and I said something like, it was, it's like dancing with a bear. You know, it, it really hurts. And, and, you know, the bear's finally off your feet. You're like, wait a minute. Oh, right, no, right, he's... Right. You know, right? She's like, I use that in my blog, and I was like, Yes, you can. I don't know what you're gonna do with it, but sure. But you know, it's we just are so limited. So when you and Daryl met, is that how you two then decided? Did you start talking and you know say, yeah. Hey, let's do more? We, and- we started talking. We never stopped. 
Exactly. <laughs> we had a lunch that lasted for three hours. We were just there like, you, you know, yes. And then we decided, you know, we just started talking just like you and I are talking and like, oh, foster kid and this and that. Well, then all of a sudden light bulb goes off. Well, what happens to the kids that don't get taken home? Yep. So yep. random, I'm laying in a hospital next to a bunch of babies that were born the same day as me. And, you know, we're in the nursery, and some have the mommy and daddy coming, and I guess maybe I'm the only one, or maybe there's a couple of others that are just laying there. And and there's all the other hospitals in New York with all those babies. And how random that I get taken home. I get to get a family. Right. And what happens to all those kids? So Daryl and I were a bit naive, and we thought, you know, well, do they live in orphanages? You know, we were in like Charles Dickens' time, and then we sure. realized, well, there there are no orphanages anymore, which is right. a whole other thing that I don't think necessarily is bad to have them, but updated, like more like um, charter schools or boarding schools where kids live instead of in these group homes and these right. foster care situations. I mean, I think there's something to be said for changing the model of how um, oh yeah, children I without agree. parents are taken care of, and maybe it is something like like a, a boarding school where kids, you know, have to have certain grades, and you know, it would be a trial one, of course, and it would be like not an orphanage, but sure. you know, they'd all be not, and it's not like Boys Town um, in Italy, but they would be, you know, they'd live there and they'd go to school right, there, right. and it would be. Uh, but but a really well run you know good one. I think the foster care system is just horrible. And I right. thought like, can you imagine like if um, my parents were not awarded you know the opportunity to adopt me, and then I had to go to another home and then another home. And you know right. I mean I've met I've met kids that are heartbreaking. You know, 15 years old lived in 14 different homes. I, I, it, it just doesn't make sense and. You know, and I've met kids who have been given back to birth mothers who get out of jail and take them back. And it's a real problem with the youth in this country and with foster care. And nobody takes it on because it is a black hole. It is a mess from the beginning to the end. The social workers are overworked, underpaid. There's no chance to show the love to these kids. It's all paperwork, 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 paperwork. Right, right. And how many slip through and don't get taken care of and, you know, end up in homes that they shouldn't be in and yeah. that just and, 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 and turn to not great lifestyles to survive when they get out because when they are aging out of the system, they're like, okay, bye, see you later. They have no support system. They have very little going for them. So Daryl and I started saying, well, what about these kids? And then we decided we needed to do something, you know, to give back and to lend a hand to kids, you know, the kid next to me in the hospital that didn't get the family. Mm -hmm. You know, that kid came through also and, and is in a situation and needs guidance. I mean, I believe that we are all, all of us on this planet are responsible and the parents to all the children on this planet because they're right. the ones that are taking over. They're coming up. So it's not just your kids. Your, my kids are okay. My kids do this. My kids, it's all the kids because your mm-hmm. kids can be fine. But if all the other sure. kids aren't fine, 
you know, the world's going to just spiral out of control, downward, downward, downward. So we need right. to lead by example. And so, right. you know, you know, I, I get on a little bit of a soapbox here, but but we, we all do, we, though. I think that's how. I mean, I think sometimes when we do that, though, ideas come around, and you know, we all start talking, and you know, it is our responsibility. I think I feel like that. You know, um, when I did my search at 22, I there was no one out there really. Um, there was no help. It was going to cost a lot of money. And right, so I, right. I ended up doing myself. I really don't know how it happened, but it was just one of those, you know, fluke things. But I realized at that point that was was my duty to go on and to help and help people search for as long as I could. And then, of course, legislation that eventually came up. But, you know, you don't just – I don't take this lightly, and, you know, neither do you guys. You know, this is our, you know, our little destiny and – in this world to do all we can. And, you know, even if you're trying, you're getting something done. So, yeah, and it's our destiny. It's our purpose and destiny. I think that's why we're here. So, you know, it's like a light is shining on you like, oh, so, you know, whatever your situation is, there are people that do this for, you know, uh, kids that are sick, which is also great. Anything that shines light on children. You know, I'm a big, I love animals. I, I love, and I know there are a big animal activists out there, and, and animal oh, yeah. charities raise so much money, and I am all for it. I'm not putting that down at all. But the animals cannot take care of the children. If we take no. care of the children, they can grow up whole human beings that can then take care of the animals. Yep, I agree. I agree. So I know, it's you know, on it's... us to teach the children to do all these things. And they're all great causes. You know, I'm not, I, you know. But no, I know what you mean. It's funny. Yeah. yeah, it's funny you say that because I literally was just talking about that today. You know, um, the nonprofit we have, which is Indian Adoption Network, which, you know, is, is for adoptees and anyone else who'd like to join. But trying to go to people and raise money, you know what I'm talking about. No one wants to do that. I mean, if it were children or animals, but since we're adult adoptees, that makes it even more difficult. Oh, so, yeah, nobody cares about us. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. No, we just sit in their corner, they think, you know. Um, sit sit yeah, in they the can corner and less, be adopted. And like, just sit there and be right. adopted. Quiet. Right, just sit there and be adopted. I don't know how yeah. you do that. But yeah, it's like, you know, I don't understand. I mean, if we don't start helping these children who have been separated from their parents, um, even if they are adopted, there's still trauma and reactive attachment, you know, you name it. Yeah, I, I, people don't understand that. They really don't understand that. They, oh, they, not a bit. They don't and, get that deep. You know, what's the book, The Primal Wound? Yep, yep. Yeah, that very, book, yeah. That book, yeah. that book took me a year to read because it was it's so hard. right on and so powerful and so hard. No, and no. it was written by an adoptive mother, and she got it right. She totally yep. got it right. She understood, and that that thing in the pit of your stomach, that 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 hole that is always there, that that right. umbilical cord that was never really, I don't know, cut, but not, you know, cut. right floating cut like you're just you're left free falling i think about like right. you know the five days and i wasn't left alone in without parents 
for a long time. Some kids are not held. I have a friend who wasn't held except by the nuns in the 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 the, the orphanage that she was right. in years and years ago for a year. I wasn't right. held for f- five days. I guess what happened to me as a baby was right. every shift a different nurse picked me up. Maybe someone sure. nice, maybe someone mean, but none of them smelled the same. It wasn't the smell that I smelled for nine months in the womb. I just no, came out, and no. it was like nothing familiar. So how do you ever feel safe? Like, it, it, it's it's a primal thing. I get, yeah, I agree totally. Yeah, Nancy Verrier, I've met her before, and, you know, we've been at conferences together. And it boggles my mind how, you know, people, you know, they'll say to you, when you bring it up, they'll say, listen, you were a baby. You don't know any different. Want to bet? Want to bet? That's not so true. So let me just take be away out of your hands right now and let me walk away and I'll come back in oh four or five years let me tell you and then you know yeah, yeah, then no, they that's look not at true because even now you know. talking about it just talking right. about it I get this feeling deep in my like solar plexus I just and it and I'm it's not that I hide behind it I'm not like my life is good I have no complaints I have no but that feeling like that fear just talking yeah. about it right now with you hits me and it's like oh, oh I'm you know, I, I never feel safe. I, 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 you know, I have a lot of trust issues. And then, of course, with sure. me, I, my parents kept it a secret till I was 11. So then right. at 11, I lost, like, the whole thing happened again. It was like my whole life was, like, not true. I was like, right, wait a minute, right. what do you mean Everything you're not kind of my parents? Out. Bottom drops out, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, not insulting my adoptive parents in any way, but I think they were taught, you know, just bring the baby home, you know, integrate it in your in your daily lives and just go on as if they've always existed in, you know, your presence and don't differentiate. And, okay, that makes sense. I get that. But they didn't understand then that, that was exactly the opposite of what they needed to do. And, you know, you but just didn't bring it up. Too, you just didn't talk. They, because they weren't it, prepared. My, my right. mother wasn't pregnant for nine months. My mother, all of a sudden, they got a phone call and said, oh, the baby's here. Come get it. Yep. Like, what? Yep. Like, they were yeah. in shock. So so you have, like, three traumatized people. Right, you know what I right. Mean? Like, they're all living together all of a sudden. You're just like, uh, nobody's breathing. Family. You know what oh. I mean? Yeah, well... I always say that there I mean every every person who comes to this table comes to it with loss most of the time. Now, mm-hmm. of course there are different adoptions that that's not the case necessarily for, you know, um some adoptive parents it's not a loss, but most of the time it is. So every single person comes to this table hurt and with a huge gap and a and a loss and no one talks about it. And no one repairs it. It's the and, elephant in the room. It's you know, always the elephant yeah. in the room. Right. Yeah. Right. And and as adoptees, as adults, then we don't know what we're doing. So I am determined to help as many, you know, adoptees as I possibly can and, you know, get us talking about it. Um, we're going to have a conference next April. We're going to show a documentary this summer. You know, I want to get, you know, all of our peeps together and start talking about this stuff and not make it taboo and you know the sit in your you know the corner type of thing you know i want my well, friends I, I think that's say great and you know when i started you know once i met daryl then i um well right before when i started my search i started like you know 
seeking out other adoptees and the first, I, I wanted to go to meetings. I wanted like support. I, I didn't know what was going on with me and I wanted to talk to people. And so I went to the, the, the only uh, support group I could find with the birth mothers, the United Cub, you know, right. Uh, Cub. Uh-huh. Cub. Isn't it Cub? Yeah. Or? It's Cub. Yeah. Concerned United birth parents. Yes. Yes. And yes. That going there was like, I looked at this room of birth mothers and I was like, oh my God, these are all my nightmare. Like, this is, these are the ladies that gave me up, all of them right here. And I was right. like, I was like in kind of like, a, a, it was a weird, weird place. So I went to a couple of those meetings, but then at that meeting, I met a couple of adoptees. So then we started our own meetings and then mm-hmm. I kept the meetings going. And once I met Daryl, we had meetings all the time and for me, they were so healing and so right. therapeutic and so, there was so, it was incredible and inconceivable how much we all, excuse me, we all had in common. Right, right. So and many it similarities. Is, you know, I mean, and it just came out in little ways. And, and some sure. of the best bonds I know were formed through, through other adoptees. I agree. Yeah. I know I remember talking to Daryl. And, you know, we were sitting at a table and he looked at me and he said, I, I just can't believe I'm, I'm sitting here talking to other adoptees. And it just cracked me up. I thought that's the most hilarious thing coming out of his mouth, you know, after all, all he's accomplished, you know, but we forget, you know, regardless, we're all, we're all that in that same place. We all have those same feelings. And yes, yes. So we're and it, all, you know, just raw. I always think it would be great when um, kids get adopted to always know other adoptees and talk to other adoptees and, you know, not not just be the odd man out. Like, I don't know right. about you, but growing up, I was the odd man out. I mean, I, yeah. I was the only one in my neighborhood adopted. Right. Well, and did you ever find yourself, I, I don't know if this is common maybe for other people, You, I had a friend, you know, best friend that had um, six siblings, and so I looked at all their features you know, I could see how they all were alike and different. And, you know, I would find myself, you know, planted in their house because I could just feel that familiarity with them. And right, right. I was just as much related to them as I was to my parents. Exactly. Um, well, here's and, the thing that I find so incredible. Adoptees, when you're adopted, you can adapt. And there's only yes. one letter difference in the word. Yep, yep. In the spelling we of the are word. Chameleons, You're really. adopted and you adapt. Right. It's true. It is true. And I then there are... to, I could fit into anybody's family. I could be at anybody's house for Christmas and be a member of that family. I I, right. I just knew how to do that. I knew how to yeah. make myself think, yeah. part of a family. I agree. I think we just we're almost a chameleon and, and we, yeah. we get in this situation yeah. and it isn't that we really are trying to be someone else. We're just trying to one not stand out and be different <laughs> and to belong and to you know not like be that. I can't oh. tell you when I was a kid before I knew I was adopted. I think you always sense something there. I would pour over family photographs, desperate to find someone I looked like. I would go, right. do I look like Grandpa? Do who do, do I look like? Uh. Gran- who do I? I was desperate because all my friends looked like their mother or their father or their brother or I, I, I was just me 
I right. was like, who do I look like? Do I look like, what did Grandpa look like? You know, I would always ask a million questions, and I'd want to look, you know, and then, of course, all adoptees also have the fantasy uh, mother and father, you know. Right, the, right. My fantasy yeah. father was Frank Sinatra. He got somebody pregnant, and Frank Sinatra was my father. That was right. that was right. my fantasy. Right. <laughs> I know. It's so, you know when you find out, and then you go, wait a minute, I'm not royalty? Wait. You know, right, exactly. Uh, when famous. <laughs> exactly. I know and then the that. Fear I think is that, like, oh my God, my mother is like, you know, they're horrible people, they're criminals, and then there's that fantasy too. But you could be anything, you know. I, you could true. make up your own story. I just love. Well, I it, love thanking your your birth name. I love that. I'm so excited by that idea. That thank <laughs> you for that. That really. Well, you're welcome. Because that you're thanking that. That that's you, right? It's you. Right. It's so weird well, that it's you, but it's you. I know, isn't it weird though when you say that name? Yes. And, you know, I know some people. They have actually one been, then ado- they call it adopted back, or some people have actually taken on their birth name or or part of it. And you know what? I think that's it's like repairing, you know, and I always say it's like a missing piece of the puzzle. And that's kinda of how we got our you know, our logo for our, our legislative group and for the you know, the other one. So we're just always missing something and there's that it's just a missing puzzle piece and I think mm-hmm. you know a name, it almost just gives you this this sense of, you know, that is the missing piece, you know, where where we were born, what how much we name? weighed, what yeah. our name was. I you didn't know, have and, a name. I was female. I was just female. Oh, wow, yeah. That's, yeah. Well, and that you was, know what? That was rough. He was just like, oh, female. <laughs> well, she might have had a name. I mean, she might have actually picked one out. Sometimes they won't let them do it. And, and then some moms, you know, have said, you know, I wanted to, but I didn't want – to then give you a name and then have to have it changed and you know I've heard different mothers say different different things. I you know. I know this about my mother and I know this um, instinctually and I also know it from a friend of hers who told me she never looked at me she couldn't look at me and I once had this um, memory you know it's weird how you remember but I remember somebody saying take her away I don't want to see her and I don't even know what it related to but I bet you those were the first words I heard but not in a mean way I understand I understand like I can't look you know right because if she does or if she did then she would never be able to look away again and it would just be exactly exactly right I agree yeah, I, I know that's that's definitely true. And then some were never allowed. I mean, it isn't even about anything else, you know. Oh, just, I know. Some some I some do. of those birth mothers just had the baby, and the the nuns or the the hospital or whoever just took that baby right away. Yeah, I I I think we just you know we try to heal, and you know I know hopefully. So tell me. So the dance that's that's going on. Oh yes. Yeah. So the so Daryl and I started this charity called Felix Organization ten years ago to help to give children growing up without parents, children in foster care, um, uh, opportunities that we had. So uh, it's, it became um, 
it started with a camp, and we send children foster care to camp for four weeks during the summer in New York, and now we do one week in L.A. It grew into giving um, things beyond camp when they got older. You know, some of them are coming back to work at camp. Uh, some of them, it's, I know it's changed the lives of many of the kids. Uh, mm-hmm. So we have a beyond camp program. We also have a program. It's Christmas time where we give gift certificates to the teenage population of kids without families, without mothers and fathers to buy them Christmas presents. And that teenage, you know, it's easy to buy for little kids, but the teens are often forgotten. We send them to Radio City Music Hall. We do a lot of things throughout the year. But the signature program is Camp Felix, where the kids get to be kids. And um, uh, we've been doing it. It's very exciting because we're having our big fundraiser this Sunday in New York, and it's a dance. And it's a dance. People have started teams, and each team raises money, and we dance for three hours through the decades. So we start at the 50s, and we go to present day. Some of the kids come. It's on Sunday from 1 to 6 on um, uh, uh, Stage 48 on West 48th Street in New York. Tickets are on sale. Um, I think our website is up on Facebook, but it's uh, uh, www.dancethisway.org. And you can buy a ticket or you can donate. And um, this is our 10th year uh, party. So we're going into our 10th year. Some of the kids, two of the kids that we're honoring, two of the foster kids, have been at Camp Felix for the whole time. One is now coming back as a lifeguard. The other is coming back as an assistant counselor. Um, and we're going to honor them at this event. And it's just a lot of fun. And because it's 10 years, we're going to dance through 10 decades this year. So we're wow. doing medley from the 20s, Easy. 30s, and 40s. Yeah, it's nice. really, really great. And um, if anybody wants to donate, any amount is r- really, really appreciated. It costs us about $500 to send one kid to camp for one week. But, you right. know, we buy them flip-flops, whatever they need. So anything sure. you want to give, if you want to go on that website, dancethisway.org, and donate, we would you'd be changed, change one life, change the world, the butterfly exactly. effect. That's totally true. I know. I really, I really wanted to be at the camp. Uh, it would have been last summer, and so hopefully, maybe you know, well, come maybe this you and summer. I get to chat it's offline really great. and get to help you know, more, and um, because I think that's what and, we should do. And here's a great little success story. One of the, the, the women, the young women that have gone to camp, when she, you know, she came back, she worked as a counselor, she went to college, we bought her books for college through our Beyond Camp program. She's graduating from um, Albany. Uh, she can't be at the dance, but after she graduates, she is coming to work for the Felix organization. Great. That that's going to be her first job out of college mm-hmm, in the well, and that's that's what that's that's their her way of giving back. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So um, let me go over. Let's tell everybody the website again. It's uh, www.dancethisway.org, and mm-hmm. um, everybody, you know, go on, check it out. Um, again, donate. Um, just to go over, our website is up and running now for Indiana Adoption Network. It's www.indianadoptionnetwork.org. You can go to that. Um, we probably won't have the dance up there just because it's such short notice, but everybody can go to your website, and hopefully they will donate. And, um, again, we're having a conference 
2017 in April. We're going to do a screening of a film um, this summer. So thanks again for being on. I really appreciate it. Oh, and thank you. Be- thank you. It was great talking with you. And great uh, to keep up all the great you. work you're doing. Thank you so much. Okay, till next time, everybody, blue skies and green lights. Thanks, Sheila. Okay, thanks, Pam. Bye. All right, bye.